0: When the game is over, the fun begins. Interviews, highlights, analysis, and your opinion. This is Overtime Open Line, brought to you by the Canadian Brew House. Now, from the Terry Peranich Team Broadcast Center, Reed Wilkins Wilkins on Oilers Radio 630 Chad, Edmonton in the white, Vancouver
1: in the blue, and the Oilers control off the draw, and here's McDavid and Lucic. McDavid is spaced down the slot, for his shot, and that cross! Stuck at five-hole on Ryan Miller, and just like that, the blazing speed creates the first goal of the hockey game. The league's leading scorer with his fifth goal and 12th point. Edmonton on top, one nothing.
2: The Oilers have won five in a row. They have won seven of their first eight. They have allowed only one goal in their last three games. The final tonight in Vancouver. Oilers 2, Canucks nothing. McDavid the game winner. That was on a breakaway in the second period. You just heard Jack Michaels with the call. Milan Lucic added an empty netter with a minute 20 to go and another brilliant outing by goaltender Cam Talbot. Sutter ahead and now hustling up Isis. Louis Erickson forced out wide center. What a save
1: made by Cam Talbot on Marcus Bramlett. He robbed him with the leather.
2: Great save in the second period by Talbot. That was about a minute and a half before McDavid scored, and it's your save of the game. For Armour Insurance, complete a free quote for a $10 Tim card at ArmorInsurance.ca. Well, this has been fun so far. It's Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line from the Terry Paranis Team Broadcast Centre. Thanks for joining us. It is 10.57. Along with Rob Brown, I'm Reid Wilkins. We are eager to hear from you as well. 780-496-0063. You can also text six30 And I can also add that the Edmonton Eskimos won earlier tonight, holding off Hamilton 29-26. Well, Rob, it was a game that I mean didn't have didn't have a lot of high quality scoring chances, but probably the the most chances coming in the third period as the Canucks were pressing and the Oilers trying to counterattack. But, but a game where the Oilers, for the most part, looked very comfortable playing with a one goal lead.
3: They looked comfortable and they looked in control. Uh, you know, at no point in this game did I feel that the Vancouver Canucks were going to win, even when it was 0-0, I felt the Oilers were playing a strong game. Talbot looked his usual stellar self and you knew that the Oilers had more weapons up front than the Canucks did so you felt that when, when a break was going to happen the Oilers were going to take advantage of it and you didn't think the Canucks could so uh, they're, they're showing that they can play different styles of game and that is what Tom McClellan has been preaching that we can play in a, a game where there's goals are scored where it's a high scoring game and we can play in the one nothing type of games so to come in on the road to play against a pretty good Vancouver Canuck team, completely shut down the Sedin's, who have absolutely owned the Oilers for a number of years. The Oilers have got to feel pretty good about themselves, leaving the leaving the rink today, up seven and one on the season. Going home and uh, hoping to a- extend against an Ottawa team right now that is beat up in net.
2: Cam Talbot, a twenty-six save shutout. Jack Michaels putting out there. On this five-game winning streak, Talbot has faced 160 shots. He has stopped 156. Ryan Miller, obviously very good tonight for the Canucks as well. He also faced 26 shots. Two of those were breakaways by Connor McDavid. One went in. He stopped the other one. No surprise. Talbot, the first star. Miller, the second star. McDavid, the third star. That's how it goes. Uh, The fourth star of the game is for Missioner Allen Auctioneering. Check out maauctions.com for industrial and automotive sale dates. Well, I'm going to go with Zach Cassian, who was very involved tonight. Got in that fight had uh, five shots on goal, was uh, his agitating self against his former team.
3: Well, he, he led the team in shots, he led the team in hits, and he also had a fight tonight. No, I thought he was very good. There's some teams that you play against, some games that you play in, the the intensity, the emotion isn't as high as others. And the Vancouver Canucks seemed to play a little bit of a sleepy game tonight. They needed someone to get a spark out there, and tonight it was Cassian did a very good job uh, creating... Uh, through physicality and, and did his job to perfection tonight. So I agree, he was a four-star for the Oilers.
2: Milan Lucic gets a goal and an assist. Anton Lander and uh, Adam Larson also had assists tonight. They originally announced Lucic's empty net goal as unassisted. Adam Larson now listed as getting a helper. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. 496 Oilers beat the Canucks 2 nothing. And we have Steve first up on the phone lines. Hello, Steve. Great, Rob. Will you allow me a brief movie analogy? Of course. Gladiators, if
4: we stay together, we will be victorious. (laughs) If we are separated, we will die. Tonight was a fantastic team win. You can feel the confidence growing in the team with every single game. It's just, I don't know how to say it. You've got a great show, and now you've got a great team to go with it. Have a good one, guys.
2: Well, Steve, thanks a lot for calling. I always love a good movie reference, especially on a, on a Friday night, where if, if I wasn't doing this job, I'd probably be throwing the Gladiator DVD in right about now. But, I mean, look, you, you need your goaltender. I mean, it's never going to be a perfect game with no big chances against. Talbot's been making the saves he needs. But you see, and I, and I think we started to see glimpses of it last year, but a lot more consistent now, Rob. And you've talked about it. Defend your house. If you don't know where to go, or if you see your buddy in trouble... Or, or your goalie maybe having to move. You've got to get back there and get on a stick or get your body in front of a shot or, or collapse down there, and they're way better at doing that.
3: Well, tonight there was only, in, in zone defensive coverage, there's only the one mistake where there was a, a Vancouver Canuck player in the house by himself, and he missed the net. Barchi did late in the game, which uh, easily could have tied up this game. But for the most part, the Oilers aren't running around in their own zone. They, they know that if they get caught out of position, just retreat. Go back to the house because eventually the puck's got to come through there or your player's got to come through there. And they're doing a good job uh, containing. They're not chasing. Uh, they do a very good job of supporting. When a guy gets a puck in his own zone, little chip behind the net or little chip up the boards, there's someone there. And the third player is already moving into a next spot for the next chip. So these are, the support is something that the Oilers did not have a, a, a whole grasp on last year years previous, but they seem to have figured it out this year, and it's amazing when you support your partner in your own zone, how quickly you can get the puck out and start going in on the offense. So if you want to be an offensive player get in good support in the defensive zone, and you'll trans translate that into an offensive cha- chance much quicker. And that uh, defensive player's is our adjustment of the game for
2: Alberta's chiropractors. Life is the roughest game of all. Feel better, move better, live better. With help from your chiropractor, visit albertachiro.com. By the way, the Oilers 3-0 and on the road to start the season. The only, you know, We looked at their schedule and thought, well, six of the first nine at home but they've won all three of the road games as well, which is a nice little bonus, too. 2 nothing, the final. Tonight, we'll go back to the phone lines, and we have Jordan standing by. Hey, Jordan, what's going on? Hey, boys, uh, not much. Uh, stayed at home tonight, to watch a game with Grandpa, and it was nice to see the win. Uh, had some
5: friends in the arena there on the coast, and uh, they're representing the Oilers getting in the, the building there, so that was nice to see. But the uh, comment I had was that, you know, hearing people kind of leaning on Nuge a bit. I know he had two assists last game, but I think both he and Drysaddle had really strong, quiet games. They had scoring chances defensively. I think Drysaddle had a couple of key blocks, and he's looking quick out there, and I just, I wonder if um, if um they keep playing well um in those center slots, like, what do you guys think's going to happen when Pajula gets healthy and Poulou gets to his nine-game limit? Like, do you put Slepeshev back in and send those two rookies down to, to jive in the, in the farm before pulling him up later in the year or because we're winning I mean you don't really want to tinker with that but I just wanted your thoughts on that
3: well Kajula was going to be in the starting nine to start the season had he not got injured now depending on how long he is out and what uh, he's like when he first gets back he may go down to the minors to get some games and it's probably a better idea for him to do that. I mean, it's hard enough breaking into the National Hockey League when you're fully healthy and you've had preseason exhibition games and all. But when you've been sitting for a long time, it makes sense for him to go down to the minors when he when he gets back. Slapashev's always going to be an in-and-out type of player. I think that's will be his role with this team for a while. Uh, I, I think they like the makeup of this team right now. I, I, I think they feel that they've got their number one line, and that's pretty set in stone with, with McDavid. Seidel is playing very well with his line. I, I'm sure a, a year or two years from now, Plyarvi is going to be a fantastic winger for him. He's raw right now. The play sometimes dies on his stick. He turned the puck over for the, the, the one big chance for the Canucks in, in the third period where Dreisaitl came back and saved it. So when Seidel gets someone else on his wing, I believe he'll be better offensively. But the biggest one is the Nugent Hopkins line, which Todd McClellan is using as his shutdown line and they've taken it upon themselves and they're relishing the role and playing very well at it so I I know that we are so used to seeing Nugent Hopkins being one of the top offensive players the guy running a power play you know the 4-on-4 guy doing all those things But he's a smart hockey player. He understands his role, and now it's shutting down the other team's top players, penalty killing, and when he gets his chances to try and create that way. So he's not going to be as offensive this year as we've seen in the past, but he's going to be just as important.
2: And I'll say this about Drysaddle too. I think they're going to lean on him more and more in the faceoff circle as he gets older, because he's you know obviously he's a big, strong guy. I mean, six out of thirteen tonight, so slightly below average. But he took more faceoffs than anybody except Latestu, and usually he or Lander take the most. So I wonder if that's going to be a part of Leon's game that might become a, a strength that really stands out.
3: And, and you're probably going to see him taking even more when a Hendricks comes back into the lineup because right now Lander is taking a lot of left-handed face-offs in his own zone Lander when the team gets healthy Lander's probably not in the lineup every night so now you need someone to take the face-offs on the left-hand side so that's between Nugent Hopkins, McDavid and Dreisaitl I think Dreisaitl right now is the best of the three of them at At winning draws, so you're probably going to see him take more face off.
2: Oilers win 2-0 over the Canucks. I want to read a text here from Don Juan, who has three points. (laughs) Don Uh, Juan? uh, That's what his username is. Uh, He says, I don't want to put a damper on a good night, LOL. Uh, First of all, he says, did Pilyarve get injured? He had good shifts and then seems to be benched. Well, that's how they've been handling him. He, He doesn't get a regular shift. Uh, he, I think he played more in the third period than he usually would have. He played 12-20. Yep. Mm-hmm. They're spotting him. They're they're working him in there in different situations. So, no, he's not injured.
3: Uh, well, and then in the third period, he turned the puck over at the offensive line. That's, yep. that's something he's got to learn you can't do. You've got a one-goal lead in the third period on the road. Get the puck in deep. You don't try to beat guys at the blue line. If, if not for a fantastic play by Drysaddle getting back and possibly – Could have been called a penalty on the play, but it makes a great play to stop a breakaway. So I think Todd McClellan probably gave him more ice time than uh, than normal in the third period. He wants him to play, but when the game is completely on the line, he's not going to be out there. They just don't have the trust in him yet. That'll come.
2: Don Juan uh, also says, is the Oilers coaching staff quite disappointing when it comes to the power play previously having success in San Jose? Uh, They had one chance tonight didn't score and uh, they came into the game where are my notes here they came into the game uh, 19th on the power play at 18.2% they finished I believe they finished 18th last year so they have been a little below average on the power play
3: we'll see well yeah but if you're comparing it to to San Jose I mean San Jose has got one of the greatest passers that have ever played in the NHL and Joe Thornton uh, a a guy that has scored throughout his career in a a Pavelski but the biggest thing they've had two guys run their power play from the back end they had a Dan Boyle, who's one of the best power play players in the last 10, 15 years. And right now they got Brent Burns, who probably is the best power play player from the back end in the National Hockey League right now. So they've had an advantage in that over the Edmonton Oilers when he was with San Jose.
2: All right. And Don Juan's final question is uh, your thoughts on Darnell Nurse's lackluster play.
3: Uh, I well, did not see I, that. I didn't see that tonight. I mean, no. I,
2: I know I did a, an inside sports early in the season. I think after the Oilers were 2-0 and and uh, a lot of people were didn't think Darnell Nurse was playing very well. I, I think he's been playing fine. I, I think he's well slotted as a third-pairing D-man. You don't have to rely on a young guy to be uh, playing top minutes. He goes uh, 17 and a half minutes tonight. And I, I think he's he's coming along just fine. I think he's playing
3: much better right now than he did in the preseason. I think he's he's calm out there. He's comfortable. He, he's not making the mistakes. He's playing a very, very simple game. Now, I think sometimes when a player gets drafted at a certain position, you expect bigger things. But right now, I think he, he's, he's the perfect third-pairing de- defenseman that goes out there and uh, he, he's, he's got a partner in Gryba that they, they just play it simple. They do a, lot, a very good job in penalty killing. And right now the others penalty killing has been fantastic. It's on a great run right now. And Nurse and Greiber are two of the guys that are out there consistently doing that. Oilers
2: win 2 nothing over the Canucks. That means a $50 donation to the Juvenile Diabetes Research Foundation from Booster Juice, an oasis of freshness in a fast-paced world. They will give 25 bucks for every Oilers goal throughout the season. JP at 780-496-0063. Go ahead, JP.
6: Well, hello, Reed. Hello, Rob. How are you? Good. I'll tell you right now, I'm i I followed uh, Don Juan, because I don't want to hear any more from this guy. That's my cheesy <laughs> line of the night, but I have to say this. I'll tell you right now, this Oiler team, I have finally bought in. Because of, uh, you know, the last few years has been uh, a lot of hype, a lot of hype. These guys are going out, and they are committed to win. There is no part of their game plan that that says, oh, we're going to lose tonight. The confidence, I'm sorry, I be in the cab and I have a hero just about off in a muscle car. I put their score shelf. But I'll tell you right now, this team is bought in. They will never go on a long-term losing streak because they want to win. This is the first time I've seen this team like this. They start with McDavid, and it's a trickle-down effect with the rest of the team. Everyone is buying into the game plan. Everyone is buying into the coach. If you can sit like Slepper Chef, no big deal, no big deal. All right, if I get called up, I'm going to come back in. I'm going to do what I have to do to win the game. This is the first time I've seen the Oilers have a little swagger with the cover around and I love it. I absolutely love it. And I'll tell you right now, you guys, this team is flying. It's absolutely flying. They all. They should all feel like Jack Tripper right now at the Regal Beagle because they are on a high. I'll tell you right now, they are on a high. Please, Rob, thank you very
2: much. Are you well? Thank you, JP. All right, we've had a movie reference, we've had a TV reference. Now we're looking for a a literature reference and a music reference, I guess, and that would make it a complete <laughs> Friday night. I mean, I, I mean, look, seven and one, incredible. Let's let's hope they keep it going as long as they can. But I think Rob, the the one thing. And I mean, as we go, as we get deeper into the season, you, you see a lot of the three-two-two-one-four-two games, three-one, where they're they're close. And, and I think what you want at, with your team going along, if you can go to the third period, and you're always within a shot of going ahead, extending your lead or tying it up. I mean, that's not such a bad situation to be in. And the Oilers look more and more comfortable that they, okay, they can be in a close game, down one, up one, and, and not panic. And sure, you're going to lose some games, but you can scratch out a lot of points that way as well.
3: Well, I think the key word you said there was panic. I don't see that in the Oilers game right now. And the one thing that you will see when the Oilers are tied with teams going into the third period is panic on the other team's bench every time a McDavid steps on the ice. Uh, he, he He's a game-breaker. There's very few in the National Hockey League uh, that can do what he does. And he just, one mistake and it's gone. Yeah, hey, There's no way you can catch him. And we saw that tonight, a couple of mistakes, and he was gone on breakaways. So the Oilers are doing a good job. They're showing that they can win in any kind of hockey game. It's still early in the season. They're still learning. uh, But they're they're pocketing points right now. And that's something that they have not done in a long, long time to start a season. They're not going to have to be in, in... uh, if they go through a, a, a poor sp- poor slide, and, and all teams have streaks where they don't get points for four or five games or whatever it is, if they do do that, they all they all of a sudden say, well, you know what, they're still in the running. A, a five-game slide does not knock them completely out of a playoff picture, which we've seen happen in the past, because they're pocketing points here at the beginning of the season.
2: Seven and one, five in a row. Oilers win 2 nothing over the Canucks. We have Rocket on the line. Hey, Rocket, go ahead.
7: Okay, I'll give you I'll give you a music reference, uh, Pink Floyd comfortably numb. <laughs> All right. So, um, fourth star, I, I agree with Cassian, but I, I also thought uh, if if it were my pick I would say Ryan Nugent Hopkins. He's and just because he buys into uh, Rob, you stole my thunder there when you when you said he's just buying in. But how many shots did Nugent Hopkins get though tonight?
2: Uh, he had four and he had three more blocked. Yeah, the there you go. Shot.
7: Like he's, you know, he's he's buying into the defensive side, but yet I saw him bust down the wing twice on the left hand side and let you know just ripped a couple of shots. Unfortunately, he didn't score because I thought he deserved to score, but uh, you know that's the way it goes. But he's uh, um, he's 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 buying into the system, and and really, if you want to give stars out to anybody, give the fourth star to the the rest of the roster because they all seem to be buying in. With uh, what Todd McClellan's telling them, and everybody's playing their role and doing what they need to do to, to win hockey games, and and uh, you know Cam Talbot, of course, was uh, was stellar again tonight. So yeah, just uh, you know, it was uh, a little nerve wracking in the first period, but uh, you know the last two periods, I thought they took it to him a, a lot more than they than they did in the first period. I just wanted your uh, thoughts and comments on that.
3: Thanks, Rocket. Well, you, you talk about Nugent Hopkins, and the one good thing about having a, a line that goes against the other team's top line, like a Nugent Hopkins does, is their ability to create offense. You know, there's a lot of checking lines around the National Hockey League. They're out there to stop the other team, but there's no chance they're going to score. And a lot of the times, they're just, you know, they're, they're holding on, they're blocking shots, doing whatever it takes. But with the Nugent Hopkins line, and we saw it against the Washington Capitals, when you play against offensive players, most offensive players in the league cheat a little bit. It's it's in their nature. That's the way they think the game differently. And if they're cheating and you're a, a player like Nugent Hopkins, all of a sudden there's a break. You can score. You can create an offensive chance. And we saw that twice against the Capitals when Pouliot scores two goals. And the other thing you hate as an offensive player, you hate a shift. Where you go on the ice and spend the entire shift in your own zone, you hate it. You get back to the bench and you're depressed. You're like, I can't believe we just wasted a minute in our own zone. Well, Nugent Hopkins, Pouliot, and Cassian—they've got offensive prowess. You know, they they know how to play in the offensive zone. So now they get a forecheck going. They can pin a, a Sedin's team line into the, their own zone or an Ovechkin's line or coming up uh, a tourist line for Ottawa on, on Sunday. So that is an advantage that the Oilers have by having a guy who's Strong both ways with some good offensive tendencies, being able to play against the other team's top line.
2: Oilers win it 2-0 over the Canucks. Talbot with his second shutout of the season. Big Jack texting in. He says, I like the poise of the Oilers' defensemen. Even if they lost a battle, there was support from others. They make a calm play, like a short pass or a bank off the boards. No running around, no blind throws up the middle, no blastaways off the glass. They are rock solid. That is from Big Jack. Wow, I haven't used rock solid about the Oilers defense in doing this <laughs> job for the last three seasons. TW is up next on the phone lines. We have a couple Jared's and Rob on the line too. We're looking for somebody to finish the play. 780-496-0063. More of your texts and post-game reaction from Vancouver as well. 2-0 Edmonton wins. It's Canadian Brew House Overtime Open Line from the Terry Parandich Team Broadcast Center. <laughs>
0: Live from the Terry Peretta Team Broadcast Center, this is Overtime Open Live. Brought to you by the Canadian Brew House on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.
2: The Edmonton Oilers lead the Pacific Division by four points over San Jose. They have the best record in the entire Western Conference, three up on the Minnesota Wild. They are second overall in the NHL, trailing only the Montreal Canadiens. They win tonight 2-0 over the Vancouver Canucks. Along with Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. We have T.W. on the line. Hey, T.W.
8: Hey,
2: it's a pleasure
8: for pleasure for T.W. to get an opportunity to appear on the uh, Terry Peranich Broadcast Center, give thanks to him. Through him, all things are possible. But uh, and, and a special shout-out to my good buddy, Sid Smith. Sitting down here in Texas listening to the game, catch as many Oiler games as, as I can. I haven't been this excited about an Oilers team since they drafted Jason Monsignor. But at the end of the day. It's a, it's a great deal. It's good to see that uh, Morley Scott is a Lifted the curse. The Oilers haven't been in the uh, playoffs since he was doing the, uh, uh, sitting there with Rod Phillips. But my question's in reference to, to culture and team culture. And, and, uh, you move a guy like uh, Taylor Hall who, you know, at least from this end of it and from what the, I was able to see on TV, it looked like he, uh, always played and, and and played hard and competed, I guess would be a, a, a good Alberta word. Uh, but when you move him and you move Yakupov, uh, you, you change the culture of the team by bringing the guy in from Boston who's not afraid to move. He's shown he's not afraid to move these these number one picks. How much of a difference th- does that make when you move who's supposed to be, you know, two guys who when you draft you think are going to be the cornerstone of, uh, of, of your franchise, and you look at it as a addition by subtraction because you have more guys buying in? Or are they just that much more talented? I'll take the answer on the air. And uh, once again, it's always a pleasure for T.W. and shouts out to the fine people of uh, Alberta. If I couldn't be in Texas, I'd rather spend the rest of my life in Alberta except for I can't drive in the snow. Take care
2: and God bless. (laughs) All right. Well, we appreciate that, T.W. You know, you you raise an interesting point. I mean, Taylor Hall was with the Oilers for six years, and I think over that span you'd say he was the Oilers' best player. And that trade is going to be... I mean, we're not talking about it a lot now because the Oilers are winning. If they lose four games in a row 2-1, two, two then, then, then it might come up. Um, I mean, then to me, the Nail Yakupov situation was a no-brainer. He didn't want to be here. The Oilers didn't want him on the team. But trading Taylor Hall was, was a, a statement by Chiarelli. as As much as he said, I want a defender who I trust that can defend and seal off chances and all that kind of stuff – I think it was also a recognition of Shirely saying we got to change stuff and I have to prove, at least maybe in the short term, that that no one is safe. And I, and I got to send a message that it's not going to be the same old, same old. That I'm going to say, OK, I know we suffered to get Nugent Hopkins and Yakupov and Hall and then McDavid, who obviously would never be traded. I know we suffered to get those guys. But I can't be stubborn. I have to recognize that we've lost with them whether it's their fault or not. And he had to and he decided that Hall was the guy that was gonna get him the type of player that he wanted. That was not that was not an easy move to make.
3: Okay. I, I don't think I don't believe that Hall was the guy he wanted to move. I just think that Hall was the guy that he had to move to get what he needed. I think that there was other players that he preferred to have moved out and kept Taylor Hall here and kept his you know the offensibility that we've seen over the last number of years. But I believe someone, one of the big names, was going to go. Uh, I think that, it, that he had to make that statement that you know status quo is not good enough when you continue to miss the playoffs. So somebody was going, and for the Oilers, the only one that could fetch what they needed was Taylor Hall. And and, and it it hurt a lot of feelings here in town. A lot of people were big Taylor Hall fans, but. When you're building a team, you've got to, you got to build in and put players in positions that you need. And they needed defense. And they felt that with the signing of Lucic, with the emergence of a maroon that they got last year, with young players like McDavid and Seidel, they had players that could still put the puck in the net, but they had no players that they could defend with. So I think that was why. So there was a statement needed to be made. I don't think the statement had to be Taylor Hall. Uh, in their mind, it just was a necessity eventually because that was the best that they could get a return with.
2: We have Rob on line 5. Hey Rob, thanks for calling. Hey, how's it going? Good.
9: Okay. Um, the culture of the team, when they traded Taylor Hall, I thought to myself, what are we doing? Why are we trading him? Now in my mind, it looks like a perfect trade. It really does. Like Adam Larson is playing light out.
3: Yeah, you know what, there's going to be times over the course of the season where we're going to say that was the best trade ever. There's going to be times over the course of the season when Hall has six goals in three games and we lose a couple games and go, oh, you know what, I'm not sure that turned out as well as it should have again. When you trade two good hockey players for each other, both those players are going to have stretches where they outplay the other. And you're going to say, oh, you know what, maybe it's not as good anymore, but this is a trade that right now, is benefiting both teams. Taylor Hall is playing very good in New Jersey, and Adam yeah. Larson has been excellent for the Edmonton Oilers.
9: You know what? It's, it's been so far so good. My question is, is, when they go on the road in November, I think they've got Detroit and Pittsburgh in a couple games in November. Is Talbot going to be worn out by the time they get there if they keep playing them? That's my only problem, because I don't think is going to be back in time. Is he's out with a concussion... Gustafson's
2: been back for the last uh, three games already, Rob. Three or four oh, games. Oh, he has?
9: Okay, yeah. I, I didn't even know if he was back yet. The whole thing is that he's still out with a concussion.
2: The Oilers play Sunday. They play Tuesday. Then they play Thursday. Then they play next Saturday and Sunday. If it's me, I don't play Gustafson until the back-to-backs.
9: To the back-to-back. Yeah, I, I agree with that. And I think they don't want to take Talbot out because Talbot's been playing great. Um, the only thing is, is the face-offs have got to get better, and the power play has got to get better. Um, the face-offs today, I think were are 34-25 for Vancouver. It, they just can't do that. And on the McDavid goal, that was a face-off win by Lander. And the Sportsnet guy even said that, um, the coach said that the face-offs is a five-man team. Half of the time, it's only a one-man show. And that's
2: what they've got to fix. Yeah, well, and Todd McClellan commented on that for sure, that they, they have to keep working on their face-offs. Can't argue with that, absolutely. All right, we got a break for the 11.30 news. We've had a, a sports doubleheader, so we haven't had a full newscast on a news station in, in several hours. So we will do that. If you're on hold, stay there. We are getting to you. You're going to hear from Cam Talbot and Todd McClellan and others. It is Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line from the Terry Paranish Team Broadcast Centre. The Oilers beat the Canucks 2 zip. Overtime Open
1: Line,
0: brought to you by the Canadian Brew House From the Terry Perenich Team Broadcast Center, Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Along with
2: Rob Brown, final tonight in Vancouver, Oilers 2, Canucks nothing, McDavid on a breakaway, Lucic into an empty net, Talbot 26 saves, the Oilers are 7-1 on the season. Just, uh, I, I'm going to try to not sound sarcastic here. Good luck. Uh, but to the person texting in about moves that the Oilers should make at the trade deadline, we are not addressing that tonight. Okay, seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. You can also text six thirty six thirty. Kevin says, "Do you think Jordan Everly is capitalizing as much as he should be on the mini McDavid setups, or is it just a uh, matter that you can't score on each one?" Everly had a few great looks tonight.
3: As long as he's getting looks. I mean, Jordan Everly didn't forget how to score. Uh, his line was was all right. He's second on the team in goals on, on the season. Was he second or third on the team in points? Uh, he, he's fine. I'm sure he would like to capitalize on more, just as Milan Lucic would like to capitalize on more. When you play with a player as talented as Connor McDavid, you're going to get a number of chances. You try to capitalize on more than you miss, but there's going to be a ton of chances they miss. All. All goal scorers miss opportunities and wish they had more. I'm sure that Bartschi tonight wishes he had that one back from the third period. He's a, he's a kid that's trying to find his first goal. Sometimes they go in, sometimes they don't. As long as they get the opportunities, and right now both Lucic and Eberle are, some of them are going to go in soon. All right, we have Jared on the line. Hey,
2: Jared. Hi, guys. Go ahead, man. Okay, I wasn't
4: sure if I was the proper Jared. You oh, know? yeah, we got two. It's you. Yeah, we do. Good evening, gentlemen. Uh, okay, like first like pinch me like is this for real? like oh my God, ten years of pain and misery and suffering I just I just I can't I can't let myself my heart believe I just can't but I I do though but but uh, Talbot is playing out of his mind. Like, the guy is the best goalie. He's better than Carey Price right now. Like, <laughs> I, uh, he's playing uh, out of his mind. He's playing
3: right? out of his mind. I, I think he's got a ways to go to get to Carey.
4: But I know, but I'm just saying in the first eight games, Rob, like, I don't mean like Carey, like, I know you can't compare him, but I mean in the first eight games of the year, gee, like man, the last five games he's played, wow.
3: He's been ex. You're right, he's been excellent. He saves our life. Yeah, and he looks. It doesn't look like there. There's saves where he's getting the lucky save here, or there. He's he is positioned properly. He's in
4: position, mm-hmm. yes, sir. And uh, I like for the first time since Roly the goalie was there, boy, that like I got faith. And like I, I tonight we went into this game, and I'm like, I knew we could win. And I mean, Vancouver played way better than I thought they were going to play. Like they were even their rookies, they were really good. But we played a solid team game, and, and everybody played in position, and we held them, in a, and Talbot's leading the, goal, the the league in wins. He's leading the league in shutouts. And his save percent is probably over 930 now. I haven't looked yet, but it's probably got over 930, and he's probably in the top 10 now. And uh, this is a different team, like from the last 10 years. I've been calling you guys for 10 years or more. I've, I have I called before you guys even worked for the Oilers, right? And one was Morley. And, and uh, like, this team is so different than I, – I just have confidence. It's like the Eskimos. Like, uh, I know with the Eskimos right now that they – as long as they can – they can get their way and it's even through the first half the second half and then last year with Coach Jones I knew like when we went in the second half they were dead if they weren't killing us and I'm kind of feeling that with Edmonton like they've learned how to close out games you know
2: yeah, for sure. Thanks, Jared. We appreciate it. The Eskimos did win 29-26 tonight in Hamilton. Camp Talbot's save percentage on the season is now 9.34. 34 Oh, he's
3: go. good, eh? Jared was pretty close on that Let's one. Let's
2: go back to Vancouver, and here's the winning goaltender.
10: going to come down to a, to a tight game tonight. We were able to close it out like we, uh, we needed to in the third period there, so um, it was a great team win tonight. Getting closer to uh, more of a complete game from you guys, I know there's been a lot of talk about cleaning things up. In your eyes, was that a better game? Yeah, that was a much better game. We didn't give them too many great A's. A lot of their shots came from the outside, and they tried to generate it from there. But uh, anytime I did leave a rebound out there, we did a great job of clearing it or tying up sticks and letting me get to it. So um, we're definitely moving in the right direction there, and you can see it tonight.
5: Two shut sorry, sorry, two shutouts
10: in three games. Are you are you just feeling it? What's, uh, what's the deal? Yeah, I mean, uh, it's probably one of the best stretches of my career right now. and am just trying to to stay focused and stay confident and go out there and just give us a chance to win every night. You gotta. My mindset is just go out there and, and make the saves that I'm supposed to make, and uh, hopefully make a few that I'm not supposed to make and give us a chance. You
5: said it's better in front, but some point blanks early in the second period, especially the back door and Larson. I mean, you track that all the way across. And-
10: yeah, I knew that once he uh, turned up there, I knew he was looking for the trailer. That's what they always do. So I was able to see him out of my peripheral there, and uh, he made a heck of a play to that guy back door, and he got off a pretty good shot, and I was lucky enough to just get there and and uh, kind of shut her down.
2: Cam Talbot, 26 stops tonight. Two shutouts now on the season, two in his last three games. In fact, the Oilers beat the Canucks to nothing. We have our second Jared on the call in line, 780 Hey, Jared. How's it going, guys? Doing well.
4: Uh, you know, there's one thing I just have learned a little bit in this, last, this run that the Oilers have gone on that I've never really thought about before is that only when you're winning can you put people in their roles in the team. If you're always losing, like the Oilers have done for the last several years, it's almost impossible to put somebody where they should be in the lineup. So a guy like Nugent Hopkins, I think he's found his role. Third line center, maybe 35, 40 points a year because we're winning. So now everybody, like there's there's obviously something working because they're winning games and everybody is playing their part. Everybody's playing their role. So if you start losing... All the lines start getting switched around, and you never get any kind of chemistry. So now Todd McClellan actually has like a framework of knowing uh, something that's worked that he can that he can uh, use in the future.
3: Well, I, I think it's a little more than that. I think that in the past the Oilers weren't good enough, and their players were miscast in roles. I mean, you can go back to years to with Horkoff. had to play as a first-line center would have been much better suited as a second-line center, but had to move up. In the last couple of years, we had Justin Schultz. Uh, he's played well for the Pittsburgh Penguins when he's cast as a role player, as a third pairing defenseman. In Edmonton, he was put as a first defenseman and all of a sudden he's miscast. So I think uh, what you're saying is correct in the fact that when the Oilers are winning, you can, the players' roles are defined. It's because they're a better team. They can define them better. And I think in the past the Oilers just weren't good enough, and players were put in different type of roles that they weren't capable of doing simply because they had no other choices. The Oilers now have better choices, and that's why Tom McClellan can can put his players where they can succeed. And in the past he wasn't, he and the other coaches weren't able to do that.
2: Two nothing win tonight for the Oilers. We come up. Little short of the Japanese Village goal like the Oilers have to score five or more in a game for us to turn that on on the Oilers page on 630 com. When they do hit five... You can go print up a coupon for a free appetizer at Japanese Village, three locations in Edmonton, downtown, south side, and north side. Our Finish the Play contestant is Stephen. Stephen, in a second here, you're going to have a chance to qualify for the grand prize draw of $1,000 to Integra Tire Auto Center. Visit Integra Tire to experience service you can trust. Integra Tire experience integrity. But first, give us your thought or your question. Yeah. uh,
8: Are we winning because we're... uh playing
3: teams who are kind of slipping. Like, um, I think Vancouver's been struggling. And then, uh, oh, who did we beat? Washington. We beat Washington. I wouldn't say they're a team that's on the downside. I think that's a pretty good hockey club that they beat there. I think the the Oilers' schedule to start the season was not strong and they had to take advantage of it. And we we talked about it on the shows before the season started that they had a good schedule to start their season off. They haven't played some of the power. And it helped, but they are winning. And if you look around the league, there's a lot of teams that are very good hockey teams that aren't winning right now. They're losing games at the beginning of the season. The LA Kings got okay. off to a bad start. <laughs> Anaheim lost to a good te- uh Lost a game the other. Was it tonight? Did they get bombed on home ice? Uh, ended. Uh, what did it end? Four nothing. Yeah. So to Columbus. So uh, you could have uh, a, a game that you should win. Doesn't mean you will. So the other schedule has not been a bunch of uh, world elite teams or the tops in the NHL but they are beating good hockey clubs, and they're doing it fairly convincingly.
2: And if you're going to take a step forward in the standings, oh, then you have to beat the teams that might finish near the bottom. And anything can happen. I mean, Buffalo yeah. has one win. The Oilers have one loss. Buffalo beat Edmonton. That was the game, right? So oh. you got to finish. Okay. All right, Stephen. We're going to put you on hold. You are our finished. The play contestant. What do you have for us, Kellen? Reaching for it. This Eric Griva, He's got it behind his own net. He'll escape Horvat and just lift it up the right hand side. Trisault has got a two on one right circle. Rich. Try- okay. Goal or no goal for the Oilers? There, Stephen. Uh, no goal. Reaching for it. This Eric Griva, He's got it behind his own net. He'll escape Horvat
1: and just lift it up the right hand side. Trisault has got a two on one right circle. Rich shot try- to kick save made. Ryan Miller, it's good at pass,
2: Patrick Maroon. Good stuff, Stephen. You are in the grand prize draw, 1000 bucks to Integra Tire Auto Center. Oilers beat the Canucks 2-0, and it was big, David and Lucic getting the goals. Sava and Kevin are up next on the phone line. You'll also hear from Oilers head coach Todd McClellan. It's Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line from the Terry Paranich Team Broadcast Center.
1: Turned over by Adam Larson, banked it off the wall, Lucic raced for the pocket, what's puts this one on ice with a minute 20 to go. An empty netter, and Edmonton, by a deuce, the Oilers are going to
2: win their fifth in a row. And they're 7-1, Lucic into the empty net. McDavid also scores 2-0 over Vancouver. You can text 630-630. Uh, Dave says if the Oilers are going to have a good power play, they need to keep Eberle off of it. Really enjoying the way the Oilers are playing. Just push Eberle down in the lineup. Insert Maroon, he fights for the puck and goes to the dirty areas.
3: Not going to happen. And
2: Maroon's already on the other power yeah, play unit. it's not
3: going to happen. They need a right-handed shot out there, and Eberle's going to be there. Uh, I, I mean, I thought Everly was fine tonight. I mean, they only had, what, one power play tonight? Yeah. Uh, so the power, <laughs> I have no worries about the Edmonton Oilers power play. None at all.
2: Uh, for people still texting in questions about Jonas Gustafson, he is back. He has been back for three games. He is the backup goaltender. Laurent Brassois is back down on the farm. We have Sava on the line. Hey, Sava.
5: Hey, how's it going? Good. So, um, I'm just happy, and I've been drinking wine, so I'm just <laughs> extra happy. So uh, a couple, No, that's my glass of wine. Um, so, a couple things. Um, I just want to say a good bounce-back game for Kassian, because I know yesterday he, he missed the Ovechkin play, and uh, he did some cross-ice, center-ice pass, but... He tried to clear the blue line, and you know Washington picked it up and it was a pretty good scoring chance. So good on Cassian. And I just want to brag about my girlfriend slash just a little bit for ever and ever uh, I've been following you know following the Oilers, and I'm like, oh my God, Taylor Hall, he's so great. The team's gonna be good. nuge, uh Yakupov, everything going on and on. And then when McDavid came, I think she got saturated with like she didn't care. And uh, earlier this season, at one of the games, we were sitting watching the game. And then all of a sudden, she's like, oh, my God, he is really fast without me, like, pointing anything out. And so I'm just happy I got a girlfriend that loves hockey and watches it. So I'm happy drinking wine. Oilers are winning. Life is good. So um, I love listening to you guys. I listen to you guys every day after uh, every game and try to get the um, podcast afterwards. And thank you guys for everything for your show.
2: Thank you, Sava. It's great that you're having a wonderful night. That's good to hear.
3: We probably should have got the address and gone over there and enjoyed the the, the (laughs) post-game festivities because it sounds like they're pretty good. Tell you what, let's
2: go back to Vancouver. Here's Oilers head coach Todd McClellan. Was that closer to a more of a complete game in your eyes? for
0: I thought it was a a well-played game probably by both teams. Uh, There weren't a lot of mistakes when the mistakes were made. The goaltenders made tremendous saves. Uh, It was a game where you had to be patient and I think you have to play that way against Vancouver. You just can't play run and gun and risk. Um, so our guys stuck with it and uh, g- received a lot of um, good efforts from a lot of guys tonight. So we're, we're happy with it.
5: Talbot again, I mean, second shout out in three yeah, nights. Um,
0: and- yeah, they, they had a few uh, point blank shots that uh, he made tremendous saves on. And uh, Miller did that for them as well at the other end. Uh, I thought it was quite a duel between the two of them. Um, they showed why they're uh, top-notch goaltenders in our league.
5: Focus on the offense for you guys to win a game like this. What what does that show about your team? What do you learn tonight?
0: Uh, Well, we've been able to to shut some teams down lately. Some powerful teams where we're only giving up one or two a night and um, that has been a a big focus of ours. We know that we can't let our goals against get away on us. Um, And the most promising thing I think for our team is that we've been able to win games differently. We've been able to, to score a lot of goals and win. We've been able to score a few and win, grind it out. Uh, sometimes specialty teams get us get us the win, but uh, we've won many different ways and we'll need to continue that moving forward.
5: It last year when he bounced back from the rough start but for cam to have a night like he did in buffalo and then to go on a run like this like what do you learn about your goaltender
0: in that well you learn uh, a lot about the group um i think the group is helping cam out as much as cam helps the group um that was a valuable lesson for us that night um we weren't prepared we let things get away on us we weren't detailed and we weren't ready and uh, that's what you get in this league when that happens. And, and from that point on, we've become fairly honest and uh, focused. Uh, we begin to believe in each other a little bit more now. So for as much as that night hurt us, we needed it. Is that a sign of chemistry for Lucic and McDavid?
5: When As soon as he gets that puck, he's looking for Connor to come up through the middle?
0: Like yeah, they are, um, you know, now that that group has played together, there's more chemistry, there's more understanding of of Connor's speed, ebbs, hands, uh, Milan's board work, and, and net play. Uh, they're starting to get it, and, and you got to remember there's a couple defensemen on the ice with them as well, and they were able to find, uh, you know, whether it was Connor or somebody else in the hole tonight. So, um, you know, credit to the three of them and, and any of the pairs that are playing with them.
3: Was
5: Cassie an uh, emotional driver for you tonight?
0: I thought Cass played tremendous. Oh. Uh, I think it was a big night for him to come back here and, and uh, participate as a regular player Um, he was physical he created chances he checked well Um, you know if we keep getting games like that from him uh, it'll just increase our chance uh, of success
2: that's oilers head coach todd mcclellan after their two nothing victory over the vancouver canucks next game for edmonton Sunday night. We'll have it on Chet, 5.30 face-off show, 7 o'clock for the puck drop against the Ottawa Senators who were beaten tonight 5-2 in Calgary. The Blue Jackets knocked off the Ducks 4-0. The Jets shut out the Avalanche 1-zip. Blackhawks beat the Devils 3-2 in overtime. Carolina over the Rangers 3-2. The Edmonton Eskimos won 29-26 in Hamilton. We have Kevin on the phone line. Hey, Kevin.
11: Hey, how are you? Good. That's good. Listen, I just wanted to say that You know, once this team starts fixing its mistakes, wow. Uh, The way the team is now, you know, once they start tightening it up, this is going to be, this is already the real deal. Which brings me to my two questions for you. So I'll ask them and then I'll just hang up and listen. First off, what happens when with Davidson and Hendricks when they're ready to come back? And I guess to an extent, extent Paccarinan. Uh, Obviously the team seems to be playing very well uh, with their absence right now. Uh, And the second part of my question has to do with prospects. Uh, We know that uh, LaLogia, Osterle, Simpson, Betker, those guys, you know, they've got a year, two years still left with the organization on their contracts. But how about guys like uh, Simpson and Reinhardt, or not Simpson and Reinhardt, Musso and Reinhardt, are they going to get a crack and um, are they going to get an opportunity here or is their opportunity going to come somewhere else?
2: Okay, thanks, Kevin. Uh, I'll answer quickly, Rob. Yep. Um, I think I think Hart is still going to get looks mm-hmm. here. Uh, Absolutely. I think, think seals further down the depth chart. I don't know if he's going to get traded, but I, I don't think he's uh, one of the top guys that would be called up. I think when Davidson's healthy, he could probably replace Greiba, depending on how that's going. I think Hendricks would probably slide in, and there might be a rotation with him. Lander, Pitlick, Sleppishev, maybe. Well, I, I think Packerin is hard pressed, maybe, to get into the lineup. Yeah,
3: I don't think Hendricks will be part of that rotation. I think once he's healthy, he's in, and he's in for good. Davidson will be too. Uh, the thing, and we we always talk about where do players play when they come back. But we've been around this game long enough to know that by the time they get back, there's somebody else that's going to be out of the lineup with an injury. So uh, they, Davidson is a big part of this team going forward, and so is Hendricks. And they, are, they will be welcomed back, and they will make the team a better team when they do get healthy and get in the lineup.
2: Oilers win 2-0 over Vancouver. It is Talbot with a 26-save shutout. McDavid and Lucic score. Lucic also had an assist. we got a break for the midnight news. You're going to hear from Milan Lucic when we get back. Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line from the Terry Pranich Team Broadcast Centre. This is Overtime Open
1: Line.
0: Brought to you by the Canadian Brew House. From the Terry Peranic Team Broadcast Center, Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chan.
2: Well, good morning. Four minutes after midnight. The Edmonton Oilers are 7 and 1. Yes, 7-1 beating the Vancouver Canucks 2 one Nothing. They're 3-0 and on the road. Thanks a lot for staying up. 780-496-0063. You can text 630-630. Dave says if Matthew Benning is still here, why? And why is he sitting? He is still here. Uh, he was sent down, uh, what, last week? Played a couple of games uh, for the Bakersfield Condors against the Manitoba Moose. And uh, then he came up. I mean, he's here because Brandon Davidson and Mark Fain are both injured. They're both on injured reserve, so he's here as the seventh defenseman. He, he I mean, I think they want to give him a game. I, I think it's just well, they're they're winning, so why tinker with the lineup? It's, uh, I mean, it's not an ideal situation because you want the kid playing games, but quite frankly, he outplayed. Uh, all of the other uh, young defensemen in, in the preseason, and and deserves to be the first call-up if there are injuries. So, uh, and I mean, in that, and I mean, with a couple other guys out, that that's why he's up up right now. Fair question. Hopefully, he gets to play soon. And uh, I think he's a guy that looks like he has a pretty promising future. All right, Milan Lucic, two points tonight. Back to Vancouver. Here's number
11: twenty-seven.
12: Yeah, it was uh, huge for us uh, to get another win. Uh, you know, regardless of our record, we talked about uh, you know being a better road team uh, coming this season, and uh, uh, you know we we know that they've they've been playing real well defensively, and uh, you know it was it was a hard fought win. You know their their goalie's been playing great, both of them played great again tonight, and uh, but on our end, you know Tal was another big win. Um, you know our defense played great, we played great as a five man unit defensively, and I think ultimately that's what what got us the win.
1: What do you like that you're seeing from the team when it comes to closing out the win because you were piling the pressure on late?
12: Yeah, it's... Uh, you know, you... You gotta you gotta be able to step up and make plays in, in, in key moments. And, uh, you know, when you're up a goal, you know the other team is gonna press and you know they're gonna bring their best. And, uh, you know, that's when you gotta make good, strong plays and, and try to get it in the O zone and, and uh, you know, uh, keep, keep the other team, uh, you know, in the D zone. Just... Because that's, you know, that's definitely the best best defense going, uh, keeping the other team in their own end. But, you know, they came with a strong push, but uh, I think we stayed strong as a five-man unit, not giving them uh, a whole lot. And, uh, you know, we got some big saves when we needed them and, and another big win. The first in the crowd there. What's it like to play in front of so many fans outside of Alberta Yeah, it was great, you know. Fans were great. Uh, a couple of "Let's Go Oilers" chants from uh, from uh, the other fans that came here tonight, and uh, it was, like I said, it was just a fun night all, all in all.
2: Milan
12: Lucic goal and an
2: assist tonight. Oilers win two nothing over the Canucks. Michael texting 6:36:30. He says McDavid and Talbot are amazing. No denying it, but we would not be doing this if we were if they were carrying the team. Depth is a word that we as Oilers fans have forgotten, and it's a key to the difference in this team. Two guys in particular that I want to put a spotlight on are Cassian and Lucic. Uh, Both have turned over new Leafs and done so without losing their physical intimidating edge. In a weird way, I'm uh, just sort of happy to have them, but I'm also sort of proud of them. One goalie and one superstar. We'll never take you all the way. It's a beautiful thing that the Oilers have so much more of that. If any one word will define this Oilers season, it's definitely depth. That is from Michael. Okay. Graham is on the phone line. Good morning. Hey, how you guys doing?
5: Good. Good, yeah. Just uh, obviously a huge win uh, for us tonight. You know, I got the Oilers jersey on for the first time in a few years here. Uh, my questions, is just... Uh, yeah, we're gonna obviously have to sign McDavid uh, in a couple of years, and like, do you guys see us being able to afford McDavid, Drysital, Nugent Hopkins, Eberle, and uh, yeah, all the rest? Or do you think we're gonna be in a bit of a cap crunch?
2: I think it's I, I think it's possible. I, I also I also don't think it's a horrible situation to be in, especially if they do become a good team. I mean, somebody texted Inside Sports the other night and said, "Well, what are the Oilers gonna do when they're at the Chicago Blackhawks and can't afford everybody?" And I kind of said, "Okay, hold on." That'd be wonderful if the Oilers had ever won three Stanley Cups in seven years. Uh, I, I think it's a valid concern. Uh, I mean, McDavid could realistically become the highest-paid player in the history of professional hockey, right? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, and and Leon's obviously playing very well. And if Nugent Hopkins settles into kind of a middle-line center where he's on the second or the third line, fair enough. Maybe $6 million is, is too much to pay that type of a player. Now you also have to remember, um, you know, Matt Hendricks maybe will retire or won't be an Oiler. That's one point eight five. I mean, it's not a lot, but it's it's a little bit off. Um, yeah, you got to like the Larson uh, deal, like from a, a cap. Oh, I love it. Four point one six long term. Like yeah. like I said with Larson, by the time he's twenty eight and this contract is up the Oilers are going to have a defenseman that w- with 600 years 600 games under his belt whose best years could still be ahead of him but but fair I mean, enough i mean maybe maybe long term for salary situation uh, a Nugent Hopkins or Eberle might have to be moved you also I, have to remember I, I hope mark not. i don't
5: i don't i don't I don't think so, but we'll. we'll I, I just hope Drysidle. You know that might be the, the sticking point. I think.
2: But well, well you've gotta remember Mark Fain at three point seven, Benoit Pouliot at four. Maybe those guy. Maybe one of those guys gets claimed in the expansion draft too, right?
5: Yeah, maybe trim some of the fat there for sure.
2: Yeah, I mean you got to remember now Pouliot's playing fine, um, but I yeah. mean Peter Shirelli didn't keep him in Boston, right? So would he expose him to Las Vegas? He might. Yeah, I can see that. But sure. we're down the road. Let's enjoy, like, if I were having a beer Let's with you Graham, I would enjoy. just say enjoy. enjoy the moment for now and uh <laughs> and hopefully they can uh
5: they can make the playoffs this year.
2: Exactly. Thanks for calling. Okay,
5: thanks. Have a good
2: night. All right. Good game tonight for Zach Cassian. We want to hear from him back to Vancouver.
12: That was a, uh, just a really solid character win for for you guys uh in a building where you haven't had a lot of success. In.
10: Yeah, these guys uh in order to be a successful team, we're going to have to beat our teams in our division and we um, started off the year with Calgary, and then this one was a big one tonight. Obviously, there's a lot of hockey left, but um, all around, uh, everybody was going. Each line was going. Uh, that's what we're going to
12: need throughout the whole year. You're, everybody's trying to keep perspective on this thing, but 7-1, and one, and you guys have to be just pretty happy. Yeah,
10: but yeah, but there's enough guys in here that have. Uh, it can turn quickly. I've yeah. been a part of it. Uh, other guys have been a part of it. Um, but this start definitely helps. Uh, it definitely helps. Um, but the, the leadership sh- uh, ship group we have in here, uh, we're even keel. Uh, we're right back at it again Sunday, and uh, if we're not ready, uh, it could turn out to be a Buffalo game again. So uh, we're going to refocus, but enjoy it. You had a, seemed like an extra gear tonight. Is that uh, Vancouver-related, or are you just rolling? I went to my favorite restaurant. I don't know, it might have been the, the Omega-3s and the fish or something. Good fish in Vancouver, I don't know. <laughs>
2: All right, good fish for Zach Cassian. He had a lot of energy, and the Oilers... play a very controlled and organized game once again and get a 2-0 win over the Vancouver Canucks. You can get more on the Oilers page on 630Ched.com, including post-game audio and the game highlights as called by Jack Michaels. The Edmonton Eskimos also win on Friday 29-26 in Hamilton. Kind of a weird one. The Eskimos fell behind 10 nothing. They were then outscored 15 nothing near the end of the game but in the middle they did quite well and they improved to 9-8 and eight on the season. We still do not know who the Eskimos are going to play in the playoffs. We could know as soon as tomorrow. We might not know until next weekend, so there's still some suspense there. As for the Oilers, they will play again on Sunday night against the Ottawa Senators, who were beaten today in Calgary. Their goaltending situation is really up in the air. 5.30 face-off show on Sunday, 7 o'clock for the drop of the puck. The final tonight, Oilers 2, Canucks nothing, thanks to Kellen Kennedy. Our studio producer this evening, thanks to our engineer, Mike Evans, who helped us coordinate the two broadcasts. We had a doubleheader, Eskimos and Oilers, here on 630 Ched. By the way, we'll have another one on Saturday. That'll be fun. On behalf of Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. Overtime Open Line has been presented by the Canadian Brew House. We've been camped out in the Terry Perandis Team Broadcast Centre. Oilers are 7-1. Have a great weekend.